Hello, and thank you for listening to the Hilariously Unemployed Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Duckworth, also known as Speak Up Dana or The Big Speaker. My goal with this podcast is ultimately to get someone hired. I know all too well the impacts of unemployment and layoffs. My guests and I hope to provide insights and resources that will support someone in gaining their next opportunity. You can support the hilariously unemployed and those who are impacted by layoffs or unemployment by giving this podcast a five-star review or sharing it with someone who's hiring or hilariously unemployed. I hope that you enjoy the show and find some laughter in the midst of your trials. (laughs) All right. Hello and welcome back to the hilariously unemployed. This is episode 11 and I am so excited to be with you all again this weekend to talk to another amazing guest. But first things first, let me tell y'all my grade for this week. LinkedIn, the algorithm. Okay, the algorithm is not algorithming and it is driving me insane. Okay, my stuff is not reaching my people and my people's stuff is not reaching me. I'm seeing stuff from a week ago, two weeks ago that could have potentially been an amazing opportunity. And for me, since this platform is meant to help people connect with jobs and it's all about business, the algorithm has to be right because people are missing out on opportunities because it's just not hitting like it used to. So whatever AI bot, chat bot, whomever is listening, big brother, if you're watching, the hilariously unemployed, we got beef. Let's fix that algorithm. Let's let's get it right for the people so that they can land their next opportunity. All right, moving on. I have a very special announcement. I had to announce it on my LinkedIn page earlier in the show because my supporters, my friends, hilarious, they they tried to sell out my swag shop, y'all. We officially have a piece of very premium swag that I had to make sure was quality because if you hilariously unemployed, you need to have something nice and warm at home to be snuggled up in while you are searching for your next opportunity. So we officially have hoodies available in the swag shop. You can go on over to my LinkedIn page. My latest post does have it linked in the comments, or you can click my link tree, which is available in my bio on my LinkedIn page. The link will also be provided into the podcast description when it goes onto podcast platforms tomorrow. So if you want a hoodie, y'all, I I ain't saying run, but you might want to because (laughs) the people have showed up and showed out today and I've already had to reach out to my vendor to get an entire new order. And for my Florida girl, Miss Marcy French, she was like, I can't do a hoodie. It's hot out here. Can you get some t-shirts? So I had to design t-shirts as well. So those will be up and coming. So please look out for that. But let's get to the reason why you're really here. You want to hear another episode of The Hilariously Unemployed, and that's exactly what it is that we're going to do for you today. I am so excited for my next guest. She's a really big deal. She told me I was a big deal um, because my podcast is kind of a big deal. But honestly, she's a big, big deal. (laughs) So joining me is HR Psychic, Shay Green. She is remarkable, and she has a talent for deciphering the internal dynamics and decisions within a business and predicting their outcomes, especially when they impact people. That means hilarious unemployment. She is currently the Senior Vice President of Human Resources for Grace Hill. Another big deal, y'all. She's not hilariously unemployed, but her time in very large organizations, including the automotive industry and aerospace and defense, have given her a wealth of information, a wealth of knowledge, 
And she's unfortunately had to be the bearer of that bad news and do some of those cost-cutting measures, which we all know mean salary. Shay, you're not the bad guy. You're the good girl. We want to welcome you to the show and learn from all of your advice and your previous career experience. Welcome to the Hilariously Unemployed, Ms. Shay Green. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I like this is a real big deal for me. Okay. <laughs> First podcast. And then here's here's a little bit for me. Like I didn't know I was gonna see who joined. <laughs> so now the audience is real. This is audio. You know, Dana said, Oh, it's only audio. Don't worry about, you know, any video. But I didn't realize I was gonna see who was actually listening. So then I got a little bit more nervous. But We'll go with it. You bought them out. Hey, these are some of my people, some of your people. We've got a good group in here today, Shay. I didn't know you didn't know. <laughs> Don't be nervous. You are in great hands. First things first, have you ever been hilariously unemployed? My answer is no. Mm. So <laughs> I have had some experiences where, you know, in one particular opportunity where they were downsizing um, and restructuring, um, but I had a heads up. So we had a number of months to figure out what, what we were going to do. And being in HR for so long, you kind of just can see these things, mm -hmm. which is where the psychic part comes in. Mm -hmm. And so I haven't had, um, and, you know, I haven't had the experience of being unemployed because I'm always looking in most cases, oh. especially when I see the signs. Yeah. I'm not looking now. <laughs> I'm good. Everything's good. There's no position coming available for senior vice president at Grace Hill, y'all. That's right. <laughs> it's up and it's stuck with Grace Hill for Shay. All right, Shay. So let's unpack this. I mean, you you are my first guest who has never been technically hilariously unemployed so you got one up on a lot of us but let's talk about this HR psychic business and your ability to see the writing on the wall I wish you could uh lend me that lens because it would have helped out can you tell me how you kind of worked your way in this HR world to where you know it's coming like you know it's like to not be in accounting and not seeing what's coming in as far as dollar amounts and what's going out how do you no, it's coming. Well, first and foremost, HR typically is like the nucleus of an organization. So we kind of know what's happening uh, in the business. Starting my career out, it was very important to know what type of business and industry you're in because there's always some people impacts, right? Mm -hmm. So um, just getting more comfortable in the industry, understanding the business mm -hmm. and the cycles of the business, you start to understand where things start to peak or decline. Mm -hmm. So as an example, if you're in the business and, you know, you've got budgets, budget times, or if you're meeting with the board, or if you're, you know, looking at your revenue at specific times, you know that information. And if revenue is up, all things are good. If revenues are down, then you know some of those things have to uh, things have to be adjusted. Mm -hmm. um, secondly, 
we're always in the conversation when we're talking about downsizing. Mm-hmm. So we help the planning and the execution of all of any type of reduction in force or layoff. So just being a part of that process in every job I've had, you kind of get really good at seeing the tea, reading the tea leaves. And so a good friend of mine and, and myself um, start saying, we need to call us ourselves the HR psychics because mm-hmm. we can just predict what's going to happen. And pretty close to what happens, we're, we're, we're spot on. We're spot on. Okay, so let's talk about the signs that showed when you were in the automotive industry. Was it that people were not running out and buying cars or because that's what I would think? Or were there different signs? Are there hints on the news that like, hey, this may not work out for us? Yeah, I mean, you you look at different. There are many aspects that you take a look at, and you know what's happen happening in the world does impact businesses, the the industry. Um, yeah, if people, you know, look if if it's summertime in Texas and in this region, we know businesses. We knew business was going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, but that cycle again, talking about the cycle, um, if you know, you can't get parts or if uh, business, if gas prices were up mm-hmm. uh, and it's uh, in the winter, you you knew the cycles or revenue was going to be a little bit soft. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's not necessarily the first thing that that organizations look to in reductions. They look at more, a lot of other cost cutting measures before mm-hmm. they actually look at the people aspect of it. That was going to be my question. Like, are people always the first? Because we know salary is probably like one of the biggest expenses that business has. That's correct. And the short answer is no. You know, corporations don't, you know, aren't looking to to decrease headcount or FTEs immediately, because mm-hmm. they also know that they those are the folks that actually get the results. So other measures are looked at first, you know, travel. Mm-hmm. Um, are there capital expenditures that were uh, on tap to be, you know, purchased? Can we hold off on that? Are there job openings that we can hold off on? All those are items that cost the company money. Mm-hmm. And so they look at everything possible uh, to reduce the need or um, to, to not have to lay off people. You know, there's services, consulting services. I mean, you look at every other aspect of expenditure before you look at people. Okay. So people are not the first to go. That's good to know that the background of a business is not just like, okay, we need to save money. First things first is the people. They definitely look to other avenues to cut that cost. And then is people like the last resort? Yeah, typically, you know, and if you, if you look at those other expenditures first, you can usually take a big chunk or save a big chunk reducing the amount of people that you that may be impacted if at all Mm -hmm. well that's good to know that organizations are technically people first um people last when it comes to layoffs but people first organizations but let's contrary to what many might believe 
they, there's, there are things that companies look at first before they look at the people, for sure. Good to know. So let's go back a little bit. What led you to pursue a career in human resources? Is this something that you grew up saying, I want to be in HR and I want to read people's paperwork? <laughs> you know, I wished I could. I wished I, I I could say that I was born to do this. I, I It was my, my junior year in college. Mm-hmm. And this was in a time where we didn't have electronic or automated online registration. Mm-hmm. They gave me a book and they said, Shay, you cannot pass go and enter another class until you have decided what you're going to do and what degree you're going to get before oh. you graduate. <laughs> you had so to decide. Once, <laughs> yeah. So one summer day, I am at A&M Commerce and I see some folks on, on the call that, that um, were there when I was there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, one summer day, I am, you know, sitting on a bench looking through the book, trying to figure out what it is I'm going to do. And I had had enough credits uh, to 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 graduate mm-hmm. in two years, and I just went through the book and said, "Okay, business. Hmm, business sounds good. Okay, what degree can I get?" and found HR and was like, yeah, I could probably deal with people. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's go with that. And so literally that's how I decided I was going into HR. But I can say it was a great decision because I I that same year I got an opportunity to work in the defense industry and start my career after I graduated and stayed there for about 11 years. Wow. Okay. So with your background in HR and seeing the landscape of things right now, is this a field that you would encourage other job seekers to consider? Absolutely. I think this is a time right now, or it is a time right now that's changing. Mm-hmm. So with you know, generative AI, um, more technology, there are aspects of HR that are going to be developing that we don't even know yet. And so if there are, if folks are entering into the, the space, it is definitely one that's going to look a bit differently. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is, although I'm a psychic, I don't know what that <laughs> is uh, yet, but it is a great time to, to learn about HR, get into it and grow with it because it will look differently than it does today. Okay, so I know nobody wants to say it, but recession, like, let's toss that word out there. Do you think there is an actual surplus of opportunities available? And then if I were to ask you to put that HR psychic hat on, what industries, of course, we know AI, but what industries do you think are going to be the most impacted? Because we've seen a lot of HR people, you know, lose roles recently. Um, A lot of tech people losing roles recently. Is there any insight you can give us there? I think we're reshaping the workforce now. And, you know, many of us want to go back to what Mm -hmm. pre-pandemic ways were. We're not there. And so I would say, you know, every industry is impacted, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we've been talking about a recession for how long now? Yeah. And we have officially entered into one. And so I wouldn't, you know, 
caution people to to be so focused on the recession. Mm -hmm. But I would say, you know, just keep an eye out on the industry itself to see what areas are growing. I mean, yes, technology is still shaping up and changing, and we'll continue to see that. But, you know, we've got manufacturing that's making a comeback. Yes. Uh, You know, retail is going to look a lot differently than it has been uh, in in years past. Um, There are going to be new industries that are created uh, that we don't even, you know, know fully exist yet. So I believe there's going to be more opportunities as the world reshapes itself as corporate America reshapes itself as we continue to to grow beyond this pandemic situation that we've been in for, you know, the past three years. Well, let me just say, Shay, I am recessed. I feel recessed. <laughs> my opportunities are recessed. My audience, <laughs> my hilarious, my hilarious, they are recessed. The opportunities are recessioning for them. And it can feel like there's really nothing out there or whatever is next is like so far on the horizon because a lot of us are so used to, you know, so many jobs being available. And I was talking to a young lady yesterday. She was like, I thought I'd get a job in 30 days. Here I am. It's almost nine months later and I've run out of unemployment and I'm not seeing my next opportunity. So it may not be a recession, but I could tell you for those of us who are not in a full-time role, Oh, it definitely starts to feel that way. Absolutely. And and what, you know, what I mean by that is globally or, mm-hmm. you know, within the U.S., right? There are industries that are, have been more impacted than others. Um, but I also see, you know, lots of different opportunities that people may not necessarily be thinking about, mm-hmm. you know, as a career. And I just say, you know, keep your eyes and ears open and you just never know what, you know, going into education may lead to. Mm -hmm. And I and I use that as an example because um, at Grace Hill, we have uh, we are in the learning management space for real estate industries. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our talent, a lot of our skills are from the education area you know, have an education type of a background. And so, you know, in that space, although we're getting people from there, we also have people that have gone back. So, you know, I just think about it differently um, in your skill set. You know, you talk about the not being able to obtain a job or get a job, um, it's because everybody's likely looking. Yes. And again, you're also looking at, you know, trying to get through this AI chatbot uh, with your resume. I'm sick you of know, it. <laughs> um, and I want to I want to say that the ways in which we have looked for jobs, the ways in which we recruit people for jobs has to be different. You know, I, I'm going to say here on this podcast, networking is probably the most or the biggest thing that anyone can do at this point in this job market to get visibility in a job. 
Thank you for saying that, Shay. You heard that audience. So networking, that means go and click on everyone's face that you see here in the audience and connect with them on LinkedIn. You know, the more you build out your network, you you have no idea who is holding the keys to your next opportunity. So use this opportunity for people who are tapped into a podcast called The Hilariously Unemployed to go ahead and to start enhancing your network because your network could be your net worth. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I'll say, can I can I just say uh, also think about your local organizations. Think about you know getting involved in some of the local organizations. That's where you meet people. That's where you get visibility, um, and that extends to LinkedIn, and that could likely extend to you know job opportunities. Absolutely. I'm a member of my Urban League. And uh, as you all know, I'm a public speaker. And it has been a goal of mine to speak in front of some children, to talk to children and to talk to them about my story um, and prepare them for what this actual career world looks like. So through working with that organization, I now have that opportunity and I am so excited. I'll also say that when you are not in a full-time role, this is a great time for learning. And like Shay Mm -hmm. said, you have no idea what your next job is going to be. Mine is probably as a professional podcaster. I mean, this is not something that I had on my vision board for 2023, but it is something that has become a huge part of me. So now you have the opportunity to explore, to look into different fields, to sharpen other skills. You have the time now. So whatever it is that you thought you wanted to do, Go ahead and try it out. It may be the thing that is your next opportunity or the thing that pays you. All right, Shay. So I want to talk about you being (laughs) very busy all the time um, because you are, you know, the SVP over at Grace Hill, but you also sit on the board of the Lakes Regional Community Center. How do you balance your corporate role, your commitment to your alma mater, Texas A&M, and your board role with the Regional Community Center? With lots of help, <laughs> number one, <laughs> lots of help, but it's also something that keeps me grounded. I have to stay connected to the community, you know, to one, to understand what's happening, but Lakes Regional is um, an, an agency that helps those folks that we don't typically see. Um, they focus on mental health and individuals with development disabilities. Mm-hmm. And so seeing what that group is doing across the Northeast Texas um, area is fascinating. And so again, it keeps me grounded. And I also want to continue to contribute and grow that agency as much as we possibly can so that we can continue to help folks. Um, yeah, I'm an ambassador for A&M Commerce College of Business. And, you know, it is, it's not a ton of work, mm-hmm. but again, it's, it's a nice networking opportunity. It is an opportunity to get to know what's happening on, uh, the, the higher education, uh, area. And so my, my commitment to that, uh, remains steadfast. And so again, I have lots of help to help me do that. But it's beyond just, you know, the corporate job that I have and that I need to stay committed to and dedicated to. I love that so much. I love that you dedicate your your time to giving back and to also keep yourself grounded and rooted through things that mean a lot to you. I know mental health. I'm a huge proponent of that. My audience, I've shared with you all multiple times. I've had, I had ADHD. 
Um, I, <laughs> I do things a lot different. I have suffered from anxiety and depression. So to see that you are supporting that organization truly warms my heart. Now, Shay, let's give them what they came for, okay? You have had to be the bearer of that bad news for some very large organizations. We won't say no names, but <laughs> can you tell us about that process? Can you share your experience and really the lessons that you learned through those moments? Because I know they had to be challenging. Yeah, I, I will say that that being a part of a reduction in force is a very large undertaking. It is emotionally charging, uh, exhausting. But part of the way that that you make it a decent situation is through planning. Mm-hmm. You have to plan the pre-work, the during work, and the post-work. Because at all times, you want people to feel as much dignity, as much that you have the empathy for their situation and let them go, you know, through this process um, as they see fit. But we need to be careful in how we do that. Mm -hmm. You know, some of the lessons that I learned is that this is life. This is what happens. Corporate America exists to businesses exist to make money. Mm -hmm. And so this is a byproduct of that. But in that, we can still treat people decently, humanely. And I've taken that in every situation that I've had, just ensuring that we plan so much around treating people with, again, the most dignity when they exit. Um, It is... (laughs) I tell you, my first time going through it was very, very challenging. I, after it was done, it was a week of telling numerous people that they no longer had a job. So, and they ranged, you know, here's the thing. They ranged from, had been with the company for 20 plus years. That's all they knew Mm. to new graduates that had just come aboard, you know, that didn't know like, Hey, I moved to this place to have a job. And so it was so exhausting. By the end of that week, I was crying. I may have been three years into my my career. Mm-hmm. I was crying. I am not a crier. The people that really know me, know me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they know that Shay is not a crier. Um, but I had to understand again, that this is a a decision that is beyond me. But the way that I can help bridge that gap was to treat people as humanly as possible throughout this process. Mm, That's so important that we remember that this is somebody's livelihood. And although you are there to do a job, you are delivering some news that will impact this person's life tremendously. So making sure that you are empathetic and you humanize the situation is so important. So for any employers, HR, CEOs out there who do have to deal with this, just remember that Yes, your business is changing, but this person's life and livelihood is also changing at the same time. So remember to be a good human because these people are going to go through it. Shay, can you give me a look into what the background is like? Like, what is a week like in HR when you're going through that many layoffs? How many people were impacted? What are the conversations y'all are having? What are the processes you're putting in place? What's the documentation like? 
Yeah. So, you know, the first part is determining, let me, let me say this, that any process that you go through has to be compliant and ensuring that you don't, you aren't targeting any specific uh, protected classes mm-hmm. or, or genders. And so that is the, the basis for the process. So a lot of it is that documentation, ensuring that you're not, you're not discriminating against anyone. Mm-hmm. So doing all that, that determining, you know, the numbers, the, the process, who gets involved, all those things happen and it is reviewed and reviewed again and evaluated to ensure that you're not doing anything that would uh, put the company at risk. Mm-hmm. Wow. Let's see the number that I may have had to talk to in that given week of time, probably about a hundred people. Wow. So about, you know, day in and day out for five days a week. Was this in groups or like? Yeah. So it was in groups. And, and the reasoning is, so you plan when you're planning, you want to get this done and over with as quickly as possible. Right. Mm -hmm. You don't want to link, you don't want it to linger because think about it. If you are lingering, then people are never at ease. You want to get it one and done, get it, you know, get it done so that you can start to the post reduction process. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I like to talk about a couple of things. Let me just say during the process of talking to an individual, one, you want to make it as short as possible. Okay. Right. Um, You don't want to get into the, the nature of the decision-making and things of that sort. You want it to be as, as short as possible and then helping them think about the, the next steps mm-hmm. of the process. What happens when you leave? And HR is there um, as in, in, the, in the room, but the, the leader delivers the news. Mm-hmm. So we coach them and we, we coach them up, get them comfortable. They have the conversation and then we do the post uh, process. And so we're talking to the employees so that, you know, they don't have to rehash any situations and we're only, we, we're trying to help them move forward. Now, once we have completed the process, um, then we have to, we, we have to talk to our remaining employees. Yeah. And the reason why I say you don't want it to linger is because again, people are on edge. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to say, we want to be a feel comfortable to say this was that action we aren't taking, we aren't doing any other actions um, anymore. So you can know that your job is is safe, you know, at this point. Um, and then talk through the process of how we move forward beyond this. Um, and I mean, look, it's a it's an ongoing process because it's also a part of the the culture, right? Whatever your culture is, mm-hmm. you know, it and being transparent, being open and honest, I think is is a big key in the post reduction process with your remaining employees. Okay. So let's go back just a little bit. Can you tell my audience mm-hmm. what industry you were in when you had to deal with this large scale of a reduction in force? Oh can I can I keep it a secret? <laughs> Was it cars, trucks, planes, or trains? <laughs> One of the above. Okay, y'all. Do your detective work to figure that thing out, but we will keep that part on the low. Shay, thank you for <laughs> saying. Because <laughs> I always try to get the tea, y'all. And let's, okay, so you said that you need to let them know and reassure them, but 
I myself and others have been in a position where there's been multiple rounds of layoffs and maybe you weren't in that first one. So, or the second one. And then the third one comes around. He's like, oh, it's me. Am I the problem? Oh, okay. <laughs> so how do you reassure your, your employees when there's been multiple rounds or maybe they still feel unsure if you all have reduced the force enough? Yeah, I, I, in that particular situation, you know, I'm not sure what went into the multiple rounds, um, but one, you you, you still got to remain open and honest about it, mm-hmm. right? So you may not be able to reassure the employees, so you don't say that, and you, but you have to be clear about you know the state of the organization, and what happens is Dana is if you're open and honest then people will self-select yeah, and then that may reduce the amount of people that may be impacted uh, from the company mm-hmm. conducting production and force. But I am always saying to our leaders that you have to be open, you have to be honest about it and whatever risks or whatever the fallout is, it's what it is. We've just got to be ready to bounce back from that. Mm. Okay. Well, you have given me great insight onto what that whole decision-making process is like um, from HR. And it's it's not an easy one. I've seen people in HR have to do this. And I've seen the tears and the frustration in their faces and the way that they are feeling that week or that time frame emotionally. It's layoffs, reduction of force is not just hard on the person who is receiving that news. Granted, it's going to be the hardest on them and their bank account. Um, but for so many people, it impacts not just that one single individual, so many people and so much goes into that decision. So I know it's not often an easy one. And then I like that you brought up the fact that people do self-select. If you've ever been in an organization that has done a riff or reduction in force or people have gotten laid off, shortly after you'll notice that some other people will start to put in notice or decide to go elsewhere because maybe they're unclear about what comes next or maybe they see the writing on the wall. Maybe they're an HR psychic as well. And they're like, let me go ahead and get up out of here before I'm next on that <laughs> But Shay, let's get into some more fun things. We talked about the doom and the gloom of hilarious unemployment. All right. Can we talk about personality assessments? Because I have a great personality. You have a great personality. Um, We like to have fun at work. We like to have fun in general. Could you share some insights into this topic and how it really impacts HR practices? Are they a good thing or a bad thing? I think it depends on what you're wanting to use them for, mm-hmm. like personality assessments. Over my career, I've been a part of and have executed a number of different personality assessments. Mm-hmm. If if your audience knows about personality assessments, you know, many jobs have them, um, but the back end of them are are I, I love them all, right? Mm-hmm. And, and because they all have some importance and there are mul- a multitude of personality assessments. I like them for a couple of reasons. One, they help you learn about yourself as an individual mm-hmm. on a, you know, on a workspace. I like to learn about people. I like to learn about myself. So I like them for that purpose. Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to grow your career, if you're trying to grow in development and leadership, these are personality assessments 
the right ones, the right, the selected ones are good for you. Secondarily, it tells companies or HR how you're going to work, right? If you're going to be a good fit, if you're going to, you know, work well in the particular area that we want you to work in. And then another aspect is if we're looking internally for career development and growth, they help tell us what areas that we want to play into for an org, uh, for an individual mm-hmm. or the things that we need to grow in that particular individual. So I look at it as a, as a lot of opportunity to grow and develop our, our employees and also ourselves. I like them. Okay. Now for me, how, how should I answer this question on a personality assessment? Your coworker Debbie comes in late to work, but clocks in, um, um, puts in her time clock that she's on time. Uh, what would you do in this instance? Well, if Debbie is my homegirl. I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> Debbie, I'm telling, what are you supposed to answer there, Shay? <laughs> well, I, I can't tell you what to answer, but there probably is a better answer than that's my homegirl, and I'm gonna call her. <laughs> Just saying. Because when I'm late, I don't want Debbie uh, letting them know that I had to stop by the Starbucks. Like, <laughs> it's like, how real do we really need to get on these personality assessments? Well, I, I, I think you need to show your best self, mm. right? You need to answer in the way that 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 you work, mm-hmm. um, and. <laughs> Look, at the end of the day, if your homegirl is not a trustworthy person, mm-hmm. um, that is going to be a reflection of you, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So both so, me and Debbie will end up hilariously unemployed. There is a Debbie in the audience. I wasn't talking about you, girl, but you could be my homegirl. We don't know if you come in late or not. <laughs> you say this, Dana no right or wrong to personality assessment really because it feels like there's a wrong and also we cannot as corporations we cannot like solely make a decision based on a personality assessment okay so let me just make that clear that it is a true indication of the skill set and the personality and characteristics of an individual's individual that's joining the company but we cannot make the sole decision on a personality assessment. Got you. Y'all heard it here first. Lie on your personality assessments. Tell them you will tell on Debbie and you will not stop to get Starbucks on you. I'm just kidding. I cannot offer any professional or legal advice, okay? I'm just here for your entertainment, people. <laughs> Don't say I'm the reason. HR psychic. <laughs> Definitely not. If you listen to that advice, you will in fact not get the job. You and Debbie will be out of a job and we will tell other employers not to hire you. So there's that. Sorry, Debbie. Hope you're having a very happy Friday and thank you so much for joining my show. All right, y'all. It's about that time. If you have any questions for myself or my guests, you can go ahead and raise your hand and I will get you up to the stage. It is 29 of y'all in here. So I expect there to be multiple hands and multiple questions um, for myself or my guest. But while we wait for those hands to get raised, Shay, you expressed to me your fondness for working with millennials, which I am one. What are some unique qualities or perspectives that you think they bring to the workforce? Well, let me just say that my little sister is on the call, Deanne Bergillium. Hi. 
And she's like my intro into millennium, millennial dome. And it was when she was graduating from college, when I was like, okay, girl, we're going to get you this job and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And she was like, yeah, not so much. (laughs) And I was like, what? You don't want to go into corporate America. You don't want to grow your career. You don't want to be, you know, a vice president. She was like, "Mm, no. Not so much. So, and I had been learning about the different generations Mm -hmm. uh, a little bit more in detail. Um, And so I started thinking about it. And then I started seeing patterns in some of the employees in that generation that weren't, that were thinking the same thing. Now I'm not saying, you know, carte blanche, this is what all millennials do, Mm -hmm. but I just started being fascinated with the differences that we as generation Xers had as opposed to millennials. And I just, I love the value system and the differences in, um, in thought about corporate America, about life. Mm -hmm. You know, we, you know, we grew up, okay. You go to college, you go get you a job, you stay there, you get married, you have kids and, Mm -hmm. you know, life is life. And, collectively and on a general basis that's not the same value system as the millennials and i like that you know the group is unapologetically thinking yeah like no i don't want that for my life um it's the largest generation um beyond you know outside of the boomers and so we have to listen to this group and so i like the changes that are being made i like the the non-negotiables that Mm -hmm. are being had, you know, as far as work, as far as pay, as far as all these different things, you know, we didn't talk about pay when I was entering into the workforce. Girl, they will put pay on LinkedIn. Yeah. You know, I mean, what, what is the site? Um, I can't think of it right now, but I'm sure. Glassdoor? No, not Glassdoor. There's another one where they are telling, they are saying, I got a job at this place and they are paying me this. And somebody will say, nope, I just got hired two months ago. You need to ask for this. And I'm like, wow. Somebody find that website immediately and let me know the name of it. Thank you. Fishbowl. Fishbowl. Okay. Is that it? Somebody in my audience, in the audience, tell me. Yes, Fishbowl. All right, we will be looking at that immediately following this episode because that's some good tea right there. I need to unpack all of that. I like Glassdoor too because it's messy. (laughs) Like real petty, real, real petty. It is crazy. But yeah, I mean, I just like the value system and I like the fact that that the, the generation is changing what we will look like in the future. Yeah, we definitely have Somehow. to come in and shaking this whole work life balance, what we expect thing up. We want this, we want that, we want it this way. And if not, we are up out of that space. Um, so now I think even it's had to change the lens of recruiters. Like they're not looking at those gaps anymore and saying, oh, this person's not a good fit. No, this person decided what wasn't a good fit for them and they moved on. So Uh, I think that millennials have impacted the workforce in a number of ways. All right, y'all, questions, questions. Go ahead and raise your hand. Shay, do you have any open roles available at Grace Hill for anyone in the audience who's listening and needs a job? We are always looking for great talent. GraceHill.com. 
hit me up and on LinkedIn. Um, we we always have opportunities. Um, they may not be posted. Mm-hmm. We may not have them available right away. Um, but if you see someone or see something, give me a shout out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. And can we just go ahead and shout out Miss Stephanie Anderson, who made this whole conversation possible? She is amazing. No, Stephanie. Stephanie is my fave. She, we, we worked so closely together. So Stephanie Anderson um, submitted my name for this podcast and, and to Dana, and I'm just super, super happy about that. Um, I got to meet Dana, um, but also share my experiences. And Stephanie is like, she's the real MVP. She truly is. Y'all heard Shay said, submit her name to my podcast. Girl, Stephanie just told me I should talk to you. I'm not that big of a deal, but I love that. Y'all keep submitting people's names to this podcast. (laughs) I saw that you had your hand up and you dropped it down. Kelly, can you please raise it again? Would love to get you up to the stage and have you ask your question or share any comments. Everybody else is also welcome to do the same. In the meantime, Shay, tell people where they can find you and also tell them why you're about to update your LinkedIn profile picture. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you can find me here on LinkedIn, Shay Green. I'm an open profile. You know, I'm not on Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's not my thing. Um, I am on Instagram, but I don't even know my tag name. Okay. It's open. <laughs> you can find me, Shay Green. Look, and it's a completely different uh, like I, that's my personal story. My Instagram is my personal story. Mm-hmm. My LinkedIn is my professional story. I like to keep them separate. Same. But okay, so you might see this picture that is of the special guest. That's me. Yes, but I had a professional photo done for LinkedIn, and I recently got to meet one of our new coworkers, our new employees, and she said. Oh, you look so much better in person. <laughs> I didn't know how to take that. I said thank you, but I'm hopeful that you know. I, I so I got to change my LinkedIn profile, guys. I got I to change. I got to update. We got to get the in person to match the on profile. Shay, you look good to me. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure when I see you, you're going to look a lot better. I don't know. I don't know if it's better in real life or in the photo. I would like to think I would take the compliment. I want to be better in real life, okay? No filter on this. This is, this is real wrong, what you're getting. I think it was half bad, but, you know, you know. Hey, the audience says I need to change it. I'm I'm We will get that updated. So look forward to that. I want to encourage everyone in the audience, if you haven't already, go ahead and connect with everybody that is here, all those little bubbles that are beside yours. And please connect with me and Shay Green here. We consider us a part of your network now. Go ahead and hit that follow and join our networks. We'd love to have you there. If nobody has any questions or wants to come up to the stage on this lovely Friday afternoon, then Shay. Hey, are there any final questions, comments, concerns, or anything you want to leave with our audience, specifically my people like me who continue to be hilariously unemployed? Yeah, I would say that, you know, things are looking up and things are changing um, in our workforce. And as I mentioned, you know, networking is the name of the game. Mm -hmm. You know, looking for a job in this market is the long game and stay the course. I know we see all these speeches and folks saying, you know, keep hanging in there. I know it gets tough, 
Um, but, but don't take your eye off the prize. And I would say network, network, network. All right. You heard it here from the HR psychic herself. Don't take your eye off the prize. Network, network, network. And buy one of the hilariously unemployed hoodies. I'm also working on some shirts and they're going to say, I'm open to network. So if you don't have a job, you could be a walking billboard for yourself by purchasing one of those. Remember, the link is available in my latest post on LinkedIn. Also in my bio and my link tree. Make sure y'all follow, subscribe and give me five star reviews. It really helps me and my mission of getting somebody hired through this platform, even if it ain't me. All right, y'all. Thank you for spending another Friday with me. I've been a big speaker. This has been Hilariously Unemployed and we will see you back here next week. Bye.